and welcome to the podcast. So every now and then we like to post something from our past. Actually, uh, I just recently watched Tombstone um, with Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer and Michael Bean, and it reminded me uh, on this 30th anniversary of uh, 30 odd anniversary of Tombstone. Um, it reminded me um, that back in the day, Matt, uh, our sometimes reporter and sometimes guest here on the podcast, Matt Duddy did an interview with Michael Bean for a film called The Victim. This was for uh, the film exploitation podcast that we have back in the day and, and when myself and Matt were writing for Combat Magazine. And I met Matt last weekend at a event and I said to Matt, I was like, oh, actually, do you still have that interview? Because, you know, it's a while ago, but I remember it was a really good one, uh, interview Michael Bean and his wife, uh, Jennifer Blunk. And Matt's like, yeah, no, I do. And, and so he sent it over to me and I thought it'd be a really fun thing to put this interview out there. Because obviously, whilst Matt talked about the film, which is The Victim from 2021, which was directed by Michael Bean, um, and stars Michael Bean, uh, Jennifer Blank, Danielle Harris, Ryan Honey, and a load of others, um, it also obviously goes on to talk about other films that Michael Bean has done. And, and you know, he's such an iconic actor um, with such an iconic track record that I figured it was probably really worth a visit. So. Sit back and enjoy this extended special edition. Um, well, actually shorter than most, but extended more than most interviews. Uh, back from 2011, when Matt interviewed the great Michael B. Michael, Jennifer, thank you for taking some time to talk with me today. We're here today to talk about your new film called Victim, which both Michael and Jennifer star in. Michael directed it and Jennifer produced it as well. So, guys, what can you tell me about the film? Uh, well, the first thing I can tell you about it is that I wrote it too. Um, I wrote it too. <laughs> um, well, here's the deal. Um, we uh, uh, were, um, I, I had worked with uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino in uh, uh, their movie, Grindhouse, and I wasn't really exposed to these movies very much, and uh, uh, kind of got a... a um, education on these uh, low-budget, kind of Roger Corman movies, yeah. and um, I was doing um, a Zave Jen's movie, um, uh, The Divide, um, uh, and while I was working on his movie, um, I saw a uh, young man reading uh, Rebel Without a Crew, and Rebel Without a Crew was uh, Robert Rodriguez's book, of course, and uh, and I thought, you know, it might be fun to just go out and try to make something really cheap, and um, so I asked Jennifer if she could go out and raise some money for me, uh, uh, which was a very, very, very small amount of money, and um, she did, and um, I found a script that somebody had sent me a couple, two, three years ago, and uh, it was just too much work uh, for me to try to, uh, uh, you know, uh, turn into something that I wouldn't be embarrassed uh, to do. And uh, I just kind of took a leap, and uh, we we just kind of took a leap, and um, and decided that we were going to go ahead and uh, 
and, and make it. So, um, so we took it from there, and we went into about a three-week uh, uh, pre-production while Michael was writing, and the crew was kind of following him around and asking for the script the entire time. So when we even started on the first day of shooting, he was still finishing the script, and... Uh, we shot uh, the movie in 12 days, okay. uh, and we only shot 12-hour days. We didn't do any overtime either. Okay, good stuff. So it, it was very much in that Robert Rodriguez guerrilla filmmaking where it was shoestring budget, very small cast and crew, and just go out there and make the damn thing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was very much that way. It was... Uh it was, um, uh, you know, shot for less than $500,000, and uh, we uh, basically had uh, my uh, niece was working on the movie, Jennifer's mother and father was working on the movie, my brother worked on the movie. We had a lot of different people that were, uh, were working in uh, uh, different departments. Uh, they would be doing uh, makeup and hair and or, uh, you know, um, um, uh, they'd be a study cam operator and they'd also be our production designer. And uh, we just... Yeah, we just um, basically, you know, utilized people that had you know, more talents than just one. <laughs> and uh, we did, we had a, a crew, you know, but it was not like one of Robert Rodriguez's movies where, you know, there's probably about 100 people on his crew. There were probably about 20 people on our crew. Right. With, with all the amount of different people in and all the multitasking they did, it seems like you probably owe a lot of people a lot of favors at the moment for helping get this actually made in the first place. Yeah, you know, we started off with a certain budget, which was very low, and then there's a lot of, like, you know, going to people and showing them what you have so far and basically asking, you know, or even just showing them a script and saying, hey, will you do this, you know, for this small fee, but then we'll give you, you know, a little bit of ownership of the movie or we'll pay you some deferred money, and that's when the, you know, where the budget kind of goes up. It's not all necessarily cash. You know, there's a lot of favors. And those favors being, you know, people working for deferred money. So when it got picked up and sold to Anchor Bay, it was gratifying for more reasons than just one because we are getting to see our people slowly get their money back, which is really nice. Excellent. It seems that you were very passionate about making it, just the way that you went about making it as well. Um, and that really sort of comes off in the performances on screen as well. So... Jennifer, what's it like to be directed by your husband? Well, um, I had worked with Michael before on other movies. We actually met working on a movie many, many years ago. And um, it is different, though, than working as actors together, although Michael as an actor does give so much of his all that I already had a feel for what he was like as director. And I've, I always thought, like like some of his, you know, mentors have thought, but I, as his partner, you know, always thought he should direct because I just think he has a um, talent for truth and uh, for working with actors. But 
having that been said, um, being in a relationship, you know, it, it ups the level of passion. So, you know, I probably was a lot quicker to argue back or ask questions or, or get more intense than maybe other people. So, and the making of, which which will come out on the 24th in the UK uh, with the DVD, you'll see a lot of, um, you know, stuff with Michael very animated, but I'm also very animated and passionate. <laughs> Indeed, I'm talking about the passion so to speak there's a few sex scenes in the film one between the pair of you one with jennifer and somebody else how's that when the director is your husband well actually we should uh what you, you answer that well i'll answer that and then i'll let him tell you <laughs> um you know i trust michael so much and um you know, I think for me, it was it was a feeling of safety because I have had other sex scenes and other, you know, sort of passionate scenes in other work that I've done that wasn't something I was producing. It wasn't something Michael was directing. And, uh, you know, when it's Michael, I know he's going to try to protect me as much as possible. So while we have a very graphic, very intense uh, love scene, at the same time, um, I knew that he sort of had me covered, you know, which is if you're, as an actress, you worry about your angles and you worry about which way to turn and you don't want this role to show or this piece of your leg to show or, you know, whatever. So I, that was going through my head a lot. And then as far as him directing me with other actors, you know, making out and doing some sex stuff, he's hilarious. You know, he's, he just is like... Uh, it's just funny to watch, and you'll see it on the making of. You know, he just wants us to go for it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know, we ended up shooting the, um, we ended up shooting the uh, sex scene between uh, Jennifer and I first because I hadn't even finished writing the script yet. So that first uh, half day of shooting, um, I was still working on the script, uh, you know. But, uh, we, you know, when we decided to make the movie, it was such a, it was, uh, we had such a small amount of money, we just uh, decided to make a exploitation movie. And we decided to try to, you know, um, exploit anything and that, that we could, but we didn't have enough money for visual effects, and we didn't have m money for uh, special effects, makeup effects, and we couldn't do zombies, and we couldn't do vampires, and we couldn't crash cars together like Ron Howard did, and we we, we, could, we couldn't do a lot of things. And But one, one thing is I've got a very beautiful and very sexy wife, and she uh, said that she would do the love scenes for me, and that she's got a friend named Daniel Harris, and Daniel's very attractive too and Danielle said she would help us out too so I had the sex and I thought okay well that's that's really, that's really the most important thing and then after that um, I figured Dirty Cops was really good yep. and um, I had a, uh, a little bit of torture in there uh, I had enough money to do a little bit of action and then I just thought well I'll throw in a serial killer and I and I and I and I did and I I, I um uh, and, and I wrote it in three weeks, and it is like, it's kind of like really not meant to be taken like, like 
I, you know, I, I hate to say it's not meant to be taken like a serious film because it's not a serious film in a way. I mean, it's right, serious, but not it's, it's <laughs> right from the very beginning of the movie, I try to let the audience know that there's going to be a few winks and nods throughout the movie when I say that it's, um, you know, that it is not based on true events. You know, I mean, I'm, I am so tired of seeing movies that are based on true events that are obviously not based on true events events that I thought that would that would be kind of fun to let the audience know that looks listen we're going to have a little bit of fun here and we started off the movie by uh, doing um the opening credits we kind of uh um David Fincher and I have a, a tiny bit of a past and uh so I used a little bit of a David Fincher yeah. stuff and then uh uh you know the drive up the um um, the, uh, up to the cabin is um, um, Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick's uh, kind of a it's kind of an homage to Stanley Kubrick uh, uh, for The Shining, and of course I do the Quentin Tarantino thing. I've got uh, my name is Kyle in it, which yep. is uh, the name that I have in the Terminator. Uh, the last scene where I'm talking about uh, not giving anybody for, uh, I don't believe in uh, 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 deserving and that's right out of Clint Eastwood who's one of my favorite directors so there's like the, uh, if you notice on the on the uh, counter on the on the on the um, on the next to my bed there's a book called The Fan and that that's a book uh, that that's a movie that I did years and years and years ago and underneath that is another book called The Victim and it was kind of a we kind of wanted to to play with the genre of of of, of, a, of a thriller and at the same time kind of have fun and I I didn't want the audience to go in and you know you know get all serious and and I, I I, I, what I really wanted to do is I wanted the audience to go in and have 85 minutes of kind of fun, a few chuckles, maybe uh, a little bit of um, of of of, of um, liking characters and and liking the story, and um, and and then that be it. I, I kind of described the movie as cotton candy, you know. I and mean, if it was going to be a food, I think you guys call it something else over there, not cotton candy. Candy floss. You call it candy floss. You know, you you know, you watch it and you eat it, and you kind of enjoy it while you eat it. And but then after you eat it, uh, it really uh, is gone, and it really didn't fill you up or anything. You know, but it was kind of fun while you were watching it. That was kind of the whole idea of the whole thing was just to kind of do a fun little movie, a fun, fun, fun something or other instead of trying to take on anything. Uh, and try to be big filmmakers and try to try to do something. Of course, we didn't have the money to do that, but it was just a, here, here, Jen was grabbing no, 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 for the no. phone. I just, um, I just, I just agree with Michael that, you know, we, for the time frame we had and, and, and the budget we had, you know, days. 12 days. 12 days. I, I did. I told him we shot it in 12 days. And, um, I think, I think it's getting pretty widely known that we shot it in 12 days, right? Yeah. I think it, um, states it on IMDb as well. Oh, it does. Wow. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good to know. Well, that number that it says that it costs on IMDb is not even close to how much it costs. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 way below that. And um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, basically, 
it's a little movie, but you know we're it, it, we're we're proud of it. You know, it's it's what we wanted to do for this the first time out, and it it helped us form our company. Indeed, it was uh, recently shown at our fright fest um, yes. in London, where reading reviews it went down very very well. So congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I just read two other reviews out of uh, UK yesterday, and uh, I, I was pleased. I was very pleased with uh, most of the reactions, and um, I'm uh, I'm happy that um, that that uh, the UK audience seems to get it. Excellent. You've mentioned uh, the behind the scenes making of featurettes, etc., that are going to be on the disc when it comes out on the twenty fourth. One of the parts that stands out for me, and I'm sure you've been asked lots of times about it, Michael, is when you've actually been choked unconscious. So can you tell me what happened there? Yes, well, well, um, I have um, spent a lot of time um, with the uh, uh, different police departments across the um, United States because I've played a lot of cops and done a lot of research, and, you know, they together with the cops and so on and so forth and I spent a lot of time with the LAPD and uh, with stun guns uh, LAPD used to have something that they call the LAPD chokehold which is not just grabbing somebody by the neck and uh, choking them out it's a specific chokehold that cuts off the uh, blood to the brain and um, I figured if this guy was a cop he would know what the LAPD chokehold was, and if he got behind me, he would put it on me. And uh, so I, against uh, a lot of people's advice, asked him to uh, put the chokehold on me, and he did. Uh, what surprised me, really, was how fast it worked. I thought, uh, you know, it would take, you know, 15 or 20 seconds, and I think it took about six or seven seconds, and uh, I told him if I, got, if I got into any trouble, uh, I would just tap out, you know, and tap him and let him know that uh, to, to let go. And I did do that. I, I, I felt myself kind of get going, uh, 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 you know, silly, and uh, I tapped out. But I tapped out just a little bit too late, so I was, I was kind of in la-la land there for about... Uh, Oh, I'd say about five or ten seconds where I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe I'd had a stroke. Nobody was coming to my aid. Um, I couldn't talk. I couldn't really... I uh, just very, very, very confused. And uh, um, But it's not any different than all these, all these guys who do MMA and they all get choked out and stuff like yeah. that. I mean... It happens quite. It it happens quite often, and uh, you know, as soon as I got my my the blood went back to my brain. Uh, I think we were probably shooting that same scene with a different chokehold about uh, three or four minutes later. I mean, we we had to shoot the movie so fast, and I uh, I I think what a lot of people uh, what's what's good. I love to be love to be able to talk to people that. Um, know the movie that w was shot in 12 days. I'd never shot a movie in less than 24 days before. And, um, you know, when you go to a movie, uh, uh, you know, to a, uh, uh, a place to buy uh, uh, DVDs and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, you're looking around at movies and stuff like that, you know, you pick movies you think look interesting, you, 
it never crosses your mind how much the movie costs. The movie's either going to be good or it's not going to be good, you know. And um, it's really hard to make a, a really good movie in 12 days. I always say it's like if you have $100,000 in six weeks to build a house, you can probably build a pretty nice house. But if you've got 10 days and $5,000, it's going to be a different kind of house, you know. So, you know, so um, I, I under the circumstances um, um, that, that we shot it in 12 days and that I wrote it in... Uh, just under three weeks, and um, I mean, from the beginning of the idea of the money, when I found out the money was good, uh, and the first check cleared, um, that's when I had to start writing, and till the end of shooting was five weeks, and um, I'm just, I'm just uh, very proud of the fact that I, I, I got anything in the can, let alone uh, a movie that is. Uh, you know, makes somewhat uh, sense and seems to, uh, a lot of people really seem to enjoy it. We've, uh, uh, I, you know, I found out being a director is, is, is uh, uh, you know, writer-director, that was tough. Shooting the 12 days was tough. Then I thought, okay, well, I'm going get to in, get into the uh, uh, post house and, you know, get in there and do all the cutting and the, and the sound design and the and visual effects and all that kind of stuff. And that was going to be really, you know, kind of leisurely, which it was, but it was still kind of intense. But then I realized, and I thought I was done. But then I realized that I had to, I had to, I had to sell the movie. And uh, it's hard to see, it's hard to get people to watch movies. I mean, these guys are, you know, big executives and they run these countries, uh, uh, companies, and it's hard to, uh, to, to get them to sit down to watch a movie. And what you really want to do is you want them, especially with this movie, you want them to sit down and watch it with an audience. And, uh, yeah. And uh, when you uh, when you watch it with an audience, uh, there's a different. You know, I think that's probably the true true with all films. You know, there's a different feel to it. But we had this uh, day set up that uh, all the distributors were going to come watch our, our our film with an audience, and uh, uh, we did it. It came off great. The audience loved it. Um, and I, I talked to my agent later on that night. It turned out none of the none of the distributors came because they were I don't know doing other things. You know they just they was you know they. Uh, it turned out I think Bruce Willis had a had a uh, had a screening that night too, kind of a sneak screening, and they all went to that. So and Jennifer and I had to take the movie. And we, yeah, we took it to, um, uh, we got it in every film festival that we could get it into. And they also have a lot of those kind of kind of Comic-Con things over here, uh, things where actors go over and they do signings and stuff like that. They have it. And so we ended up just taking it around. So uh, we showed it in Kansas City first, and we showed it in L.A. We showed it in um, San Francisco. San Francisco, uh, we showed it in um, Louisville, Kentucky, we showed it in Lexington, Kentucky, we showed it uh, overseas in Japan, we showed it in Spain, we showed it in um, Belfast and Dublin, and the more we showed it, the better reviews 
I mean, not the better reviews, but they, people would like, let's say if we showed it in Texas, if we showed it in Austin, well, they would run, run down from um, um, Quentin Territory, I mean, um, uh, Robert Territory, and uh, or Ain't It Cool News, yeah. and they would review it. And the better reviews we got, the more the um, um, the companies um, like you know like Anchor Bay and Phase Four and 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 um, um, you know all the different distribu- distribution companies kind of came knocking at our door and I thought the movie was worth a certain amount and I wanted to get that certain amount and I kind of wanted them to kind of start bidding against each other and yeah. they did to a certain extent but I really wanted to end it up with Kevin Co- uh, Kevin. Kevin Kasha and uh, Anchor Bay because he was really nice to me when we were working on uh, the divide and um, um, so uh, he bought it and he bought it uh, or uh, we, we bought it, um, Anchor Bay bought it for the uh, U.S. and Canada and UK and they were interested in it for Australia but there was like a little bit of um, you know uh, bidding. Situation, which is good for us, you know. So we ended up at transmission in um, in Australia, but uh, we're we're involved with Anchor Bay a lot, so that's cool. Great stuff. You mentioned that off the back of this, you formed your own production company, your uh, Blanc Bean Productions. So what's next for you guys? Well, you know, we have a uh, we have a movie in the can that's like in post. It's not finished, but um, we shot it this summer. And it, we're actually going to see it today for the first time. We're going to see the rough cut, the real rough cut. You know, there was a, there was an assemblage at, at one point, but uh, right now, you know, it's more of an actual rough cut that they've been putting together. Uh, but we shot it this summer, and uh, Michael and I produced it, and uh, we gave a chance to one of our other producers from The Victim, who is a terrific writer and created White Collar and uh, worked on the series with Michael in Hawaii, worked on The Victim with us, and basically he wrote this script uh, again like sort of breakneck speed uh he and i came up with an idea together and he wrote it and he directed it and his name is travis romero and we have a new kid in it named matthew ziff that's an up-and-comer um and we have sarah butler from i spit on your grave and uh, caitlin keats who's in kiss of the damned which just got bought by magnet and um you know it's uh, i'm in it too i'm a supporting role and uh, richard gunn from dark angel who was on that show with me is a supporting role and Michael stars in it. Right. And um, he and I are going to look at it for the first time today as just producers, like the studio, you know, the tiny little studio that we are. And that's our second uh, second deal. And it's more of a uh, psychological drama than um, than a grindhouse movie or a horror movie or a thriller. It's yeah. definitely a, a thriller of sorts, but it's it's, it's a drama. Oh, and then we've got in the works uh, some really cool stuff too. Xavier uh, Jens, who uh, directed The Divide, that Michael starred in, and I had a little cameo in. Um, it came up with a concept called The Farm. And um, he has these writers that uh, put a really lovely script together. They're called the Marcus Brothers. And I think we're going to get to that by spring about April or May. We're hoping to shoot it in Canada. <clears throat> it's looking good for that. And Xavier um, would be directing it. And he's got a partner in France named Michelle Tichier, who's involved with us now. And their company and our company are going to join forces. And it's going to be a lot of the uh, cast of The Divide and some of the cast of The Victim. And it's a zombie movie. And uh, it's a really cool zombie movie that Xavier came up with based on, um, I believe, a comic book, actually. 
And uh, and then he's got two more lined up after that that uh, he would sort of helm. Uh, his um, editor from uh, all of his movies, his name is Carlo Rizzo, wrote something called Up and Down that we would like to do after the farm. And then another one called The Predicator. And we also acquired uh, Hidden in the Woods, which played at Fright Fest in UK, to do the English-speaking remake version, maybe even a little more of a mainstream version of that with Patricio Valdares. Oh, so very busy in the uh, upcoming months and years, and with uh, quite a, a few films on your side. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're still in the works of like um, a lot of it uh, is half-funded, partially funded, in way, way early pre-production, in early writing stages. So as long as we get through those intense stages of making sure we've got the budget and we've got the scripts and we've got everything covered, then, yeah, we're going to be really busy. So fingers crossed. Fantastic. Michael, you've probably been asked a thousand times. You've worked with James Cameron on Terminator, Aliens and the Abyss. What's he like to work with? Well, I think James, um, as all artists, I think progress. Um, James, uh, when I worked with him, it was in his early years. Um, I kind of found him to be a little bit like a kid in a candy store. He uh, cast me in the movie, and uh, then Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to be doing a... um, a uh, another film, and uh, it was Conan the Barbarian. He had done the first one, and the option for his second one got picked up. So James and I had about three months together while while uh, Arnold went off and shot uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian. And I got to know Jim very well, and uh, we went out we went we went out shooting a lot. We went out uh, kind of race car driving a lot, and. Uh, we also spent a lot of time in Stan Winston's um, uh, special effects studio, and I could. Uh, the, uh, he showed me all of his drawings. Uh, they showed me how they were going to make the Terminator look real. All the uh, remote controlled kind of like turning heads, and um, you know, it was kind of the first time that I thought, "Wow, this is." know kind of could really be something kind of interesting um you know he's a really really uh uh intense guy but he is not um um you know loud or or you know i i I describe myself actually i i've i've worked with with directors that people say are difficult to work with which is some people say uh, james is difficult uh people have trouble with billy friedkin People have trouble with Michael Bay. Um, people have trouble with Val Kilmer. Um, I think that you could take like all four of those guys and wrap them together in, um, and on their worst day, and that would be like uh, me every day shooting um, the victim, you know, because um, you just don't have time to, uh, you know, get things wrong. I'm, I'm happy to say that although I was screaming the entire time that nobody quit, nobody got fired, and I think everybody had a lot of fun but me. Um, but uh, James... Um, is I, I get the feeling I could be wrong, and I, I don't want to speak for James, but I get the feeling that um, filmmaking for Jim at this point is kind of a secondary um, uh, kind of a, 
vocation in his life. I think he's much more interested in underwater exploration. I think he's kind of our generation's Jacques Cousteau. I think he loves to go down in submersibles and um, uh, they document certain animals and certain fish that they've never seen before and, um, you know, um, document uh, like, you know, the Titanic and uh, with these with these little uh, uh, mini submarines and, and, and things like that. And uh, Jim is um, uh, Jim is uh, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I, I, I really kind of um, don't know where my career would have gone if I hadn't met him. I, 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 have said before that like Robert actually because of all this grindhouse stuff, and he told me he said, "Oh, well, why don't you go out and make one?" He's. I always say that uh, I. Uh, 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 that Robert Rodriguez inspired me to make this movie, but I, that I would take a bullet for Jim Cameron. And Jim Cameron is the kind of guy that you'd want in a foxhole with you. Yeah. He's smart, he's brave, he's, uh, um, um, you know, he's handy, he is um, uh, quick on his feet. And uh, I. one of the reasons why I like being an actor at this stage of my life so much um, is the chance to work with people like Robert. Uh, Quentin was on the set a lot. Quentin Tarantino was on the set a lot when we were doing um, uh, Grindhouse, uh, working around Jim, working around people like Freak and Michael Bay. and it is, it, It's really kind of a joy. It's kind of like watching, um, you know, Wayne Gretzky, you know, on the ice, you know, or it's kind of watch, like watching Brett Favre play football and it's 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 you know yeah you're on the team maybe you're a a tight end or you're a you're a linebacker or something like that but to watch these guys that are just so masterful at what they do is almost more exciting than than working with them and 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 if you can if you can add anything to to what their vision is um it's very gratifying excellent when you were filming the Terminator, did you have any sense of how big the film would be? Well, um, I had a sense that it might, um, you know, that you know that people might it, it might surprise a few people and it might be better than people thought that it was going to be. I mean, you have to remember at the time that uh, you know. Um, well, I'm, just to tell you the story, I mean, I got a call from my agent and. Uh, they said they wanted me to meet Jim Cameron, and I said, "Okay, um, who's Jim Cameron?" And they said, "Well, he's a director. He works for Roger Corman." And I said, "Well, what's he done? Has he directed anything before?" And they said, "Well, he was on Piranha Two, but he got fired off of Piranha Two." And I went, "Well, well okay. Um, well, who's producing it?" And Gail Hurd's producing it, and uh, I said, "Well, who's she?" And she's they said, well, she works for Roger Corman a lot, too. Um, and I said, well, uh, okay, uh, who's starring in it? Or who else is in it? And they said, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, you have to remember, at that time, back in the uh, 1983, Arnold Schwarzenegger was not the governor of California, nor had he had any big hits. He was a guy that everybody kind of snickered at in the business as being a guy that would never make it because he couldn't, you know, get the English language down. And uh, to his credit, 
um, he proved everybody wrong. Yeah. Uh, but at that time, he was not somebody that you would think, oh, you're doing a movie with De Niro, you're doing a movie with Pacino, you're doing a movie with, you know, uh, Sean Penn, you're doing a movie with, you know, whatever. You're doing a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. And it's like, like you know, and so um, I said, okay, so he's starring in it. Well, what's the script about? And they said, well, it's, it's about a, uh, like a kind of a, 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 a robot from the future uh, who crosses time and comes back to um, this time to kill a woman to change the history and you play a character who crosses time. And I mean, it all sounded so ridiculous and it all sounded like, you know, like it was not, didn't really seem to have the um, um, makings for, you know, a really, really good movie. And then once we started working on it, I, th I think that we all realized that, you know, that we were making a good movie and it, it, it could do very well. And, uh, it, it, it did do very well, and um, and and uh, but did I think I would be talking about it a year later? No, two years later, no, twenty-seven years later, that people would be asking me about it. No, I never, 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 never in a million years ever thought that uh, uh, that would happen. And then I I have three movies that have kind of crossed generations. One is uh, Terminator, one is Aliens, and one is Tombstone. Yep. And so a lot of times now I'll get children, what I consider children, 20 years old, 25 years old, 18, 16, whatever, and they'll come up and they'll say, you know, Johnny Ringo is my favorite bad guy of all time. Or they'll say, uh, Hicks is the coolest, you know, guy in the world. Alien is my favorite movie. My dad's showed it to me a hundred times, you know, and, and the Terminator was the coolest character, you know, and, 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 and it's, yeah, it's somewhat grat. I mean, it's not gratifying to grow old, but it's gratifying to kind of uh, grow old and know that these movies that you've made um, have have kind of crossed generations. And I, I mean, I was sitting on the bike in the gym not more than a month ago, and um, there's a kid. He was next to me. And he kind of tapped me on my shoulder, and I, I took my headphones off, and he said, "Are you Michael Bean?" I said, "Yeah," and he was, "Hi, my name is." Kyle so-and-so, you know. And I said, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And he goes, uh, yeah, my dad named me after you, you know. And, and we, we, you know, we got talking. And, you know, that kind of stuff happens all the time. And uh, so it's fun to, uh, um, to be involved in these movies that have uh, uh, crossed generations. I mean, it doesn't... Uh, 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 you know, it's it's just it's just um, there are a lot of really brilliant actors out there, really brilliant actors out there that have done a lot of great work. But you know, they don't have that kind of Jim Cameron kind of tombstone kind of element to it that yeah. that 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 crosses uh, generations. So I've been very lucky in that sense, and. Uh, now it's very funny. I tell you this: you can write this. You can tell them that I'm just laughing about it. You know that, like, all of a sudden, because of this movie, 
all of a sudden I've become iconic. I've be, you know, like you know, um, you know the, um, the, the, you know, and it's just kind of like before I was just Michael being the actor, and now I'm um, Jan. What other words were they using other than iconic? What did they use? That's the only one that you can think of right now? There was another one. Um, <laughs> anyway, she's going to look at a review that recently... They described me as like, you know, the, you know, like, um, and, and iconic. I, I can kind of understand, but there was a new one that came came out the other day that like I'm... Legendary sci-fi icon. Le- a legendary sci-fi icon, you know. <laughs> I'll have to use that one, I think. <laughs> Playing in bed, drinking my coffee, going, yeah, really? Okay. Legendary sci-fi icon. Boy, if they could see me now. <laughs> well, that, that kind of leads on nicely to my next question. Between Kyle Reese... Dwayne Hicks and Johnny Ringo which character would you want to be remembered for the most and why and out of those three who would win in a fight well I think I would like to be remembered the most um, 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 in um, for um, Kyle Reese mostly because of the uh, connection that I have with uh, Jim Cameron, yeah. and that it was a Jim Cameron movie. And Jim Cameron really is uh, a guy that I, I, uh, you know, owe my owe a lot to. And I think it's a great little movie. Uh, I think all three of them are great movies. I think Jim's favorite actually is T two or maybe even T three. But um, I uh, love the Terminator, and I love the fact that uh, I did it with Jim. Um, who would win in a fight? I think would probably be Terminator. Terminator. That the uh, not Terminator, but uh, Kyle, Kyle Reese. Yeah, Reese is pretty resourceful, <laughs> smart, and pretty resourceful. And I think that um, Hicks would probably just be asleep, and Johnny Ringo would be too drunk to know what was going on. Brilliant. Were you upset that Hicks didn't appear in Alien 3, or in hindsight, was it a bit more of a blessing, do you think? Uh, no, I was pretty uh, 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 upset at the time. Um, uh, people asked me uh, about uh, aliens and that, and I basically think there's aliens, and I mean, there's Alien, which is, of course, the great Ridley Scott, yep. and, uh, and then there's Aliens, which was Jim Cameron, and then I think everything after that's been shit, yeah, you know, and so... <laughs> Everything else has been shit. Prometheus, I thought, was interesting, but uh, as far as all the other movies, I think they've all been shit. Fair enough. After Aliens, you had Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, and Jeanette Goldstein. They went on to star in Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark. Now, I heard that you turned down a role in that film as well. Well, I did turn down a role in that movie, and that was probably a mistake. Uh, I read that script, and I, I could never really quite understand it. You know, it didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't, um, it, it, it just didn't make sense to me. I, I, I couldn't follow it, um, and uh, I'm a real, uh, 
when it comes to acting, I'm a real kind of meat and potatoes. Like I want a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if something doesn't make sense to me, it just doesn't. Uh, I just uh, I just can't understand it. And I I, I I I couldn't understand that script. I read it and I reread it, and and I, I, it just didn't make any sense to me. That the way the the way that they would jump from one place to another place, and it would be night, and it would be day, and and uh, I made a mistake. I'll, I'll tell you that that should be your number one quote on that little subject was I made a mistake and the big mistake was um, um, instead of um, you know thinking about my career uh, which as you get older you realize really isn't uh, that important uh, what I would have really gotten a chance to do was work with uh, uh, Bill and, um, and Jeanette and 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 most of all, Catherine Bigelow, because Catherine, of course, has gone on to do many, many, many films yes. uh, and great films. And I never got a chance to work with Catherine, and I've always liked her. Uh, we came close on uh, a couple of movies we came close on uh, working together, and uh, we never got a chance. So um, I uh, I think just for the fun of it, yeah, for the fun of dressing up and all that and playing uh, the early um, um, what were they zombies or were they um, no they were vampires um, for the vampires um, I think would have been a lot of fun and you know Bill Paxton is a, a guy that you can't help but having fun with and yeah. uh, him dressed up in a vampire outfit I think uh, is uh, you know just about says it all as far as um, having fun indeed well with uh your history of playing Navy SEALs. I'm surprised that Catherine Bigelow didn't offer you a part in Zero Dark Thirty. Well, you know, sometimes there's um, roles that are... Um, um, uh, uh, you know, I... You know, most Navy SEALs are, you know, like, you know, in their 20s, you know. And, uh, yeah? Wrap it up because we have an interview with T3 and they're trying to call. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. I haven't read that script, so I'm not sure if there were any roles in it for me. Sometimes when you're working with uh, big budgets like that, the studio say, you know, we want Harrison Ford, we want Tommy Lee Jones, we want, you know. So you, you never know what happens in casting, and I'm not even sure if there's a role, but most Navy SEALs are like 30 years old or less, and I've got about 25 years on all of them. So I wasn't really expecting too much to come out of that, but I, I wish her the best of luck, and I, I have a feeling that's going to be a really good movie. Excellent. And as I can hear that we've got to wrap it up just very quickly, you spoke about Grindhouse with uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez. So, Michael, do you have a good recipe for barbecue sauce? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm not giving it up. Fair enough. Lovely. Thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure interviewing the pair of you today. I wish you every luck in your upcoming films, and congratulations on The Victim. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers, and take care.